0: The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd or its advertisers.
1: Welcome to the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition, offering insights, wisdom and counsel from the most respected CEOs. Here is the host of the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition, John Crossman.
2: Hello, this is John Crossman, and this is the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition. Today, I'm honored to have our guest uh, Cliff Goins IV, who is the co-founder and COO of ScaleUp. Cliff, are you there with us?
0: I'm here. I'm here.
2: Cliff, thanks for being with us uh, here on the show today. Are you doing okay?
0: Yes, it's, uh, it's a good time uh, here in Chicago. We're, we're getting ten inches of snow today, but other than that, I'm doing well.
2: That is ten inches more than I ever want to see, my friend. So, <laughs> so uh, Cliff, um, let me start out with this. You know, my context of, of knowing you is a uh, uh, really a brilliant guy who really understands uh, has some sense of the overall markets and how they're doing and where they're going uh can we start with that just over macro economics how are you looking at things today and how are you feeling about uh, the rest of 2023 can you just give us just your insights a little bit
0: yeah it's interesting i have an interesting background where i've worked directly in the markets and then um more on the business side i'm more on the business side now but I keep up with the markets. Um, the, the, the big key word for me here in 2020 is like, take a breath. <laughs> uh, it, it seems like uh, businesses as well as uh, people are, are kind of taking that deep breath. Um, but what, you know, history shows, and um, I was an analyst back during the dot-com bubble uh, burst, so that was quite an experience. Um, But you find out that businesses who are innovative and thought forward um, really make hay during downturns. And so I do think we'll have kind of this elongated downturn, uh, but I think there are are innovative companies that will come out of it. You can think about some big names that we all know uh, that essentially came out of downturns, uh, names like Hyatt or Microsoft. Um, or even more recently, a a name like a Slack or Uber. And so I think you'll see some of those uh, pop-up names that you don't know right now, but you'll know three, four years from now.
2: You know, Cliff, uh, Publix, uh, supermarkets, I know you're you're familiar with them because your time you've spent in Florida, uh, they were founded during the Great Depression. And so sometimes when companies start in a down market, they kind of learn their basics so well and they get so rooted in, you know, a really solid accounting and other kind of areas, it makes them super strong. And then the other side of it is, is that, you know, you're really talking about they, they pivot or they become entrepreneurial and they, they maybe expand in a way they, they, because they have to. And then that creates like a, another big, you know, successful company. Is that, is that what you're talking about?
0: Uh, absolutely. I mean, the most recent example is, uh, how zoom zoomed during the pandemic. Um, most of the value in Zoom right now literally came from 2020 to now because wow. they happened to be kind of positioned for where the market went just in that quick period of time. And so um, I think you're right. I think the other thing is companies, when you like, you know, we're, I'm in a scrappy startup now, like when you're in scrappy startup mode or when there are um, forces coming against you that you kind of have to work through you just think about the business much differently than when you're sitting flush on cash. And so it allows you to be a little more innovative um, in your approach.
2: Gotcha. So uh, tell us a little bit about this scrappy startup now. So sort of big picture, let's talk about you and what you're you're doing. You want to just give us a little quick update?
0: Sure. The quick blurb is working on a startup that is aimed at 10xing the number of uh, diverse-owned businesses Uh, generating $100 million in revenue or more. Uh, The name of the business is Scale Up. We actually incubated inside of Amazon uh, over the last year and a half Uh, and just spun out of Amazon uh, literally about two months ago. Um, And so we are uh, on a move where we're working with large corporations and big government entities in their supplier diversity department um, and bringing together resources for diverse-owned businesses in their supply chain.
2: Gotcha. And uh, give me a little more sense of like uh, um, who your customer is, who your client is, who are you you interacting with as you're ramping this up?
0: Yeah. So our main customer is actually the supplier diversity executive or lead. Uh, They are typically working with key suppliers um, that they want to see scale and grow. Um, And supplier diversity departments are not the most well-resourced uh departments in the country and so we're pooling together different supplier diversity department resources to be able to bring uh resources like capital uh resources like what we call champions which could be people who can sit on boards of advisors of some of these companies um and then of course the big c is customers how do we kind of cross-pollinate them so if you're doing business with an amazon how do we cross-pollinate you with a you know, JPMorgan Chase or a Cisco or some other uh, large company where you're providing services that potentially can go across industries.
2: And so how was it uh, with that? You started the incubation time within Amazon. How, how was that as an experience and how did that help you for this next step? Um,
0: for me, and, and people have different experiences at Amazon. Amazon was amazing um, because it is truly an entrepreneurial company. Um, While it obviously is the second largest company in the States, it truly runs like a federated federated, uh, independent business conglomerate, if you will. Um, And the key there is we have very specific leadership and organizational principles that guide how we run the business. And so people are kind of free to run their businesses kind of within those guidelines. So it's a pretty um, it was a pretty liberating experience to be
2: honest with you. Oh, and that sounds like that was a perfect transition for you. You went from sort of the structure corporate to that, and now 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 doing your doing the doing the scrappy startup, which I really like. And that must have been really helpful as far as the transition.
0: Yeah. So uh, yeah. So you, you alluded to it. So I came from Northern Trust, which is uh, much more structured than an Amazon. Uh, I won't say much more structured, much more conservative
2: mm-hmm. than an
0: Amazon. Um, and so being in that environment where you can really just create on the fly um, was great. I mean, I, I was there less than 18 months. I feel like I did three years worth of work. Oh, um, but it wasn't like, uh, it wasn't a sludge, if that makes any sense.
2: No, I gotcha. And it sounds like both those experiences really uh, really poured into you. Uh, Cliff, we're going to take yeah. a, a break in just a second. Um, but any other observations or advice you could, and, the, and the, if someone's listening to this and they're looking at starting a scrappy little company, What advice would you have for them?
0: Sure. Um, The the biggest thing is is customer. Is there a customer market fit? So it's not really about ideas necessarily. Ideas, everyone has them. Um, But it's how does your idea actually connect to a real customer need, a burning need. Um, If your customer does not have their hair on fire, it's not likely that you'll get a lot of momentum in trying to drive your idea forward. Um, and so what we've learned over the last year and a half is just be very, uh, flexible on what the details look like, even if you have a, if you, even if you have a big vision and that way, uh, you can kind of iterate along the way and, and, you know, learn and, and keep going.
2: Cliff, I love that. That's actually, that's, um, that's like the best answer I've ever heard to that question. I get a lot of people who will reach out to me and say, I want to get into a career in real estate and, or I want to get my license or whatever. And then the new thing I always say to them is the first step is write a business plan. And they're always shocked when I say that, because if you want to get in this business, but you can't solve the Burberry need for a customer, why, why are you even there? Right? So, gotcha. That's that's a great answer. All right. We're going to take a, a quick break and we'll be back with my friend, Cliff Goins of Forth uh, here at the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition.
0: Crossmock Services is a commercial real estate firm offering a wide range of professional services, including advisory, brokerage and leasing, investing, and property management. Our staff comprises the industry's most seasoned professionals who possess the needed knowledge in real estate investments, analysis, and portfolio management to drive growth. See how Crossmark can work for you. That's CrossmarkServices.com.
1: At JLL, we are reshaping the future of real estate for a better world. For over 250 years, our firm has remained committed to offering trusted and innovative solutions in commercial real estate leasing, management, investment strategies, and technology. JLL.com. see a brighter way once again here's John Crossman
2: all right we're back this is John Crossman with the Crossman conversation the CEO edition with my friend Cliff goings the fourth who's a co-founder and CEO of scale up Cliff um, in your business and your entire career you've done a, uh, a bunch of different things and had different perspectives, when you look back over your career and you think, "Man, John, uh, these are the top three CEOs I ever saw or worked with," do you do you do you gather like there are other characteristics or traits that great CEOs have that you've seen that have made them phenomenally successful? You have any insight on that?
0: That's such a. Great question, John. And I'm not saying that because I like you. It's it's so funny, like a couple of years ago, so I've been a co-founder a couple of times, but I've also been kind of number two to Mm -hmm. essentially the president or CEO. Um, And uh, two years ago, I actually wrote down in my notebook my leaders over the years. And from there, I actually developed a little bit of a leadership playbook. And so I was going to share some highlights with you. Please, please. So first is like, I really had, like, these three values that came through as I thought about, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. One was curiosity, and mm. that's about being a learner versus a knower. The other one was about expertise, like being expertise in your craft, but recognize that others are actually better at, other things, at, at some things that you, that you are, right? Um, and the third one was thoughtfulness, which is, like, Really, be insightful and empathetic in your approach to tackling problems. And so, those are probably the the things I would say are very valuable if you're in that CEO seat, in that leadership seat. Um, from there, I actually uh, created seven principles. I, I won't bore you with all of those, but um, I, could, I could give you a few if you want to hear them. But like,
2: no, no, give, me, give me one, that's please. That's
0: really where I went. Oh, you want a few? Okay, I'll give you a couple. <laughs> please. Oh, they're 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 a little they're a little quippy. Or uh, or flippy maybe. <laughs> so one of them is get over yourself. It's not about me in quotation marks. It's actually, we'd actually welcome a low ego, and you can leave your megalomania at home. <laughs> so that, that's one. Um, well,
2: can I can I pull that thread for a second? Yeah. Um, let's,
0: so pull well, that one.
2: Well, so first off, I just want, baby, on your on the, the three in the leadership playbook: the curiosity, being expert, in thoughtfulness. As you said, those I was like, gosh, that also applies to my marriage too, right? Those are those are just really good, insightful things about being a leader. You could apply them as being a parent, right? Like all those, yeah. are, they're really, or if you're doing nonprofit work, that's really good. Um, on what you just said uh, on that topic, I've, I've been researching a, a lot recently. I'm just sort of fascinated with the topic of um, nar- narcissism or the mental health issue of narcissism. You know, I like talking about mental health, and so if if somebody's a CEO they have to have some level of confidence. They have to have some level of grandiosity. They have to have some level of narcissism in, in LA, but not to the point of like it being like a mental health issue. Right. So when you're saying what you're saying, it's like, man, it seems like at some level it's good, but in some level you got to pull it back. That's, so that's why what you said, I thought was really fascinating. Yeah. I think
0: the, the best leaders that I've found find that balance. Right. You're right. Like nobody wants to follow someone who doesn't at least portray that they know what they're doing. Um, But where we where I've been in organizations where we've really had exponential growth, the CEOs freed up the experts to do what they do. I like that. And sometimes that meant giving up certain decision rights. And so that's just more about humility and having some trust in you know, the team that you assembled. Um, I've also been in very opposite situations. And again, it's not like these folks weren't successful, but we definitely didn't maximize all the pieces that we had on the table.
2: Gotcha. So what I hear you saying is like, if you're at a company and what you're saying to each other as a leadership team is we want exponential growth, exponential growth has to have empowerment. If somebody is like, well, I'd rather have control, Um, than empowerment, then they're also kind of saying they're not necessarily looking for growth. It seems like there's, it doesn't mean that's a bad company, but growth needs to be more associated with empowerment. If you're about control, you need to be more about, you know, leveled out. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, I I agree with that. Um, I think what you find is people who say they want growth, um, but act as if they do not want growth. And the reality is, They end up with not a lot of growth, right? Right.
2: (laughs) No, I see that. Listen, I see it. I see it in churches. I see it in for-profit companies. It's it's a consistent thing. A lot of I think it tends to be fear-based. Cliff, one one last thing: Um, if you were talking to a group of college students and they're all sharp young people at one of our fine universities across America, and they're saying, "Gosh, I want to be a CEO. I'm 20 years old, and I aspire to being in that kind of position." from your chair now uh, so looking giving advice looking forward anything else you would tell them that they need to be thinking about as they as they develop themselves into the leaders
0: yes i actually think it's one thing and and one thing only and it's if, if you want to maximize your ceo ship or your ceo aspirations focus on being a better leader hmm. at the end of the day actually to the point you just made earlier Anybody who's gotten to a CEO seat or next to the CEO or anywhere in the vicinity, if you've been in a boardroom with the CEO, you have some kind of skill set and leadership chops right. that got you to the table. Right. But to really grow exponentially, you have to be a very highly effective leader of people. <laughs> so not not um, a highly skilled practitioner, but a, a very skilled leader of people. Um, I think there are a lot of examples around us. Um, the most recent one is this situation at the University of Alabama. You're, you Are you familiar with what's happening over there no, right I'm
2: now? Not, I'm um, not. With the
0: basketball team?
2: No, what happened?
0: So their star player who's a freshman, who people think may, may go you know, top three in the NBA draft, mm-hmm. uh, essentially brought a teammate a gun wow. to a site. And shortly thereafter, that gun was used, and a young lady who was a mother was actually killed. Wow. Okay. Wow. Now, in the state of Alabama, uh, because Mr. Miller, Braxton Miller, didn't know, or at least says he does, he didn't know that that weapon was going to be used. It's actually not a criminal charge, right? So mm-hmm. he's, he's fine, clear, fine, clear in terms of the law. Um, and so Alabama's like, all right, cool. Well, he's playing. And so they probably, you know, they're like number top three team in the country right now. So they're still winning, but there literally has been no um, leadership around the uh, tragedy (laughs) and um, the weight of the of the incident. And so there you have a situation where, yeah, a very successful program, but leadership is a little suspect to me uh, right now.
2: That's really powerful. It's it's maybe between. I was talking about not putting power over principles. You got to stay focused on principles, not power. And sometimes people go the other direction, right? And that can impact because there might be a big time recruit out there that says, you know what, I don't want to be a part of that. Right. And so it may be short-sighted. I get that. Um, Cliff, one last thing I want to mention to you. Um, Kim Lopdrop is a friend of ours here and he, um, he uh, was the CEO of Red Lobster and he said to me one time um, to become a CEO in a way you got to be like a politician in that, You can't really ascend to that high in a big company without being kind to the janitor and the cleaning ladies and the receptionist and other members of the board. Um, And so you really have to be like a person. It's a well-rounded person ascending through the positions at a big company like that. Is that a true statement?
0: I think in most cases, yes. I think it depends on the culture of the organization, though, quite frankly. Um, There are certainly a a lot of what happens in terms of getting to the CEO seat is about relationships. Mm. Um, but it's not necessarily about those lower-level relationships. Um, we, I, you know, I, I was in an organization which I, which will not be named <laughs> where uh, managing up could get you a long way. That's good and to I, know. And it, and it didn't really matter how you treated people who quote-unquote were below you wow. or even peers.
2: That's um, interesting. So
0: I I do think that that uh, by and large, you know, over the long arc of time is true. But there are definitely exceptions out there.
2: <laughs> Duly noted. Really noted. Um, Cliff, um, I hope you'll stay in close touch with us here. We're, uh, we're fans of your new company, uh, Scale Up, and wanted to do really well and be successful. And on a personal note, you know, you've know, you been a real inspiration to me. So thank you for uh, making some time with us today and uh, being on the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition.
0: Thanks, Don. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for the time.
2: All right, sir. We'll be back with a final word in just a moment.
1: Here's a call to those who want to make an impact on their company, their community or who possess a desire to make the world a better place crossman career builders provides the tools and resources for you or your company to make a difference on some of the toughest issues that we all face crossman career builders partners with ceos politicians and pastors seeking to address problems of racism mental health addiction justice and suicide crossmancb.com at jll We are reshaping the future of real estate for a better world. For over 250 years, our firm has remained committed to offering trusted and innovative solutions in commercial real estate leasing, management, investment strategies, and technology. JLL.com.
2: See a brighter way. Once again, here's John Crossman. Some final thoughts here on the uh, Crossman Conversation CEO edition. Um, Mike, isn't Cliff Goins impressive? He is so impressive. I learned a lot. I mean, listening to that whole thing
1: about... His reference to Amazon as being uh, a company incubated under their network—I've never heard anybody express that like
2: that. No, it's really fascinating. You know, Cliff's a guy that I'm actually on a board with him, and every time I've ever heard him speak, I'm like, "Gosh, this is the smartest guy in the room." That's always what I felt, Um, and so I really wanted to have him on because exactly this—I wanted to kind of hear and hear his insight and. You know, um, I love that first comment when he said, take a breath, right? So if we're looking for troubled times, you know, he's saying, hey, hang on, breathe in, breathe out, right? Don't just just jump in and start making crazy decisions, but take a breath. And then the subtext of that is it maybe take a breath and think, you know what? Maybe this is the season we put more money into innovation or marketing Yeah, this may be the defining moment that makes our company exceptional, Mm -hmm. not the death to the company, right? I agree. So I thought that was really insightful.
1: You know, this whole thing you're talking about uh, reminds me of what so many companies had to do during the pandemic. Right. They had to pivot. They had to think, like you said, stop, take a breath, because panic could easily have uh, won the day during Mm -hmm. the pandemic. Yeah.
2: Well, and you know, honestly... Some some did pivoted. Well, some did. Some didn't. You That's know? right. There were some that just threw the keys back, but others like further defined themselves in their in their greatness. You know, I I've talked about this before, but there were tenants all over um, shopping centers I've been involved with that started like uh, there were restaurants that started selling toilet paper because there was this run on toilet paper. It's like Sato Sushi in my neighborhood was selling toilet paper. Well, here's what you got to know about when that was happening: they were actually violating Publix's lease by doing that. Publix never said a word. Publix allowed small shop business, small businesses all over the Southeast to compete with them and gave them a free pass, right? And that's not something that makes a great news story, but man, think about that. And to me, I think it probably further Publix's reputation with certain segments of like, wow, these are great guys. And so that's a that's an example of what he's talking about. And then the other thing, I love this quote from, from Cliff going so forth, um, is this answering a burning question? Uh, need mm-hmm. from the customer, right? Gosh, that's a great thing. So yeah. if you're just like, hey, I'm gonna start this new business, well, you know, you may love this as a concept, but is it is it burning for somebody like, oh my gosh, you're up with that. I burning need that, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, somebody might say, gosh, you're gonna talk about opening a, a specialized accounting firm. That sounds boring, but man, if it's a specialized accounting that companies really need for some reason, that's a great thing. So that's why I said back to him when he was talking about it is like when you get these people, yeah, I'm thinking i getting get my license and get in real estate. Well, what's the burning need you're solving? You know, if you're saying you want to get in real estate, let me just pick a category. You want to sell land. Well, there's a lot of people that are doing that really, really well. Why would someone hire you over somebody else? So right. you've got to define that. Wasn't that powerful? It
1: was so good. I also love the way he said about if you're not, uh, if you say you're for growth and you want your company to grow, but you have no plan for that to happen, he said, you're probably not going to grow. <laughs> it's not. Well,
2: yeah. And and the thing about it is, it's like when he was getting, that was getting to the component of empowerment. And so like, again, you could pick on a church or you could pick on a restaurant or you could pick on a law firm where people are like, oh, you ask, do you want to grow? Absolutely. Well, that's going to mean you're going to lose power. You might have to move your office. You might have to come in early or stay late or you might have to you know change things up and also like, well, I'm not doing that. And they fail to make that final step of they're not acknowledging, well, I'm not growing then, right? Right? And listen, there are reasons for companies to not grow. They don't always have to grow all the time. There's sometimes you can pull back and, you know, lay things off while you're refiguring things out. Like it doesn't always have to be pressing the gas, but there needs to be honest conversations, right? Right, I agree. You know, I had one
1: of my bosses one time in radio years ago, this is before I even went into ministry, but he told me something that I've never forgotten. I thought it was so well said. He said, you know, as a a manager under him, he said, if you make a mistake, don't try to gloss it over. Don't try to act like it didn't happen. Just say what happened and repent, apologize for right. it, and don't try to always look Right. You know, I never forgot that. I thought he he said, he said it this way. He said, man, on that one, I screwed up. (laughs) And he said, if you tell your boss that you just screwed up on something, he said, it's going to be okay.
2: Well, and I would say the reverse is true. If you have a boss that never acknowledges they make a mistake, it's probably time for you to leave. (laughs) That's right. I'm serious. Like that goes back to, and so he had those other three core points of curiosity, be an expert and thoughtfulness, right? And like I say, you like you can apply that being a grandfather. You can apply yeah, that to absolutely. being you know, a volunteer, right? Whatever you're doing and I will tell you honestly in my life Mike, I have really benefited from being a curious person, right? Just being curious. All good thoughts. Uh so I hope this is helpful to our listeners and these are conversations with CEOs and other leaders and I hope that this is pulling things out. So, Mike, thanks for being my partner on all of this. And uh, What a privilege. Thank absolutely. you. And we'll I'll be with you next time on the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition.
1: This has been the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition with your host, John Crossman. Tune in next week for another talk with an experienced CEO that will help bring clarity to your business endeavors. The preceding was a Mark Radio production.